This is Israel Sharif Akor, and you are listening to the Three Count Podcast, my friend. I'm in fashion, rolling cold. Welcome, everybody, to another great edition of the Three Count Podcast presents Now Winter Ring, and I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller, the man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. And by season four, our 300 and something episode, I would just think you would just say it with me. I am your Sherpa because like your tribal chief, acknowledge me. But like every Sherpa, you got to have someone who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficiently than you can. And so that's why it's never about me. It's about who's entering. So who's entering the ring today? He is from Elite. He is from WDWA. He's from AON. He is from Eclipse. He has a specific set of skills, a set of skills that he's acquired over time, the kind of skills that will allow him to cut promos to tell you that he's going to reach out to you about your car's extended warranty or maybe even your favorite monster villain. He is the man, the myth, the legend, the one that I have a real story that I got to find out about, I-S-P. How you doing, Mr. Dog? It's been a long time. I've been wanting to have a conversation with you. <laughs> yeah, it has been such a long time. We, got, I feel like we got introduced to each other like a while ago, and it's like reaching out and trying to find like the time and stuff like that, line everything up, and like now here we are, <laughs> like we're in it. <laughs> it's been a few months, and yeah, here we are now. Yeah, man. So how you been though? I cannot complain, to tell you the truth, man. I know a lot of people can complain. I'm, life is good for me right now. That's good to hear, man. I feel the same way. I feel like, you know, there's like a lot of blessings that are going on. I think at this time, uh, I've probably made the announcement. And if not, this will probably be the first time you get to hear it. But actually, I'm actually moving out of Maryland and moving to Massachusetts. And so, like, for those who don't know, now you know. And this is the first time I probably made that announcement. And you guys heard about it. So, you know, my wife and I are actually talking about it. So I was like, hey, try to figure this thing out. Is that a business decision or just a life choice, man? It's a business decision, actually, you know, very, very up for her. The big thing about it is while we were in Baltimore, she's a dolphin trainer. So like she that's her shoot job. And, uh, you know, now she's accepted a new position at the New England Aquarium. And so I was very excited for her. And I was like, hey, yo, let's, you know, we're moving. And she's like, OK. And so now we're just kind of like trying to figure it out. <laughs> All right. Well, congrats on that. man. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But, you know, let's talk about you, man, because like. For those who don't know who you are, who is ISP? Uh, originally, I was Israel St. Patrick. That was my original gimmick. I was just flamboyant, you know, Ric Flair-ish, sort of wanted to be a high-profile type of guy, wore the robe, had the name on the back, everything. Um, and then I went to jail, so I ended up becoming like the first Dominic Mysterio as far as just in character alone because I came out and I was Muslim. So it played the story that I was going, and I just ran with that ball for the longest time. And I've been doing it ever since. Yeah, so <laughs> how did this whole thing happen about you going to jail? In story or in real life? <laughs> let's, go, let's go in story, because I'm sure in real life is. All right, in story, my character was going up against the general manager slash boss of the company at the time. I had a PFA on him. He had a PFA on me. 
he dropped his PFA, and then we had the match anyway, but he found a technical clause because my PFA was still in effect that I broke my own PFA, and he had me hauled off after I defeated him in the match. So then I was gone for, like, 30 days because I was actually dealing with, like, a shoot injury at the time. I come back dressed all in this Muslim garb, Saudi Arabian, Iranian-type look, and I just declared myself as a full-blown Muslim, and I support, you know, all Middle Eastern countries pretty much. And then my character just kept snowballing from there, and I just kept adding to the gimmick, and then adding to the gimmick kind of got me in trouble. So... (laughs) (laughs) I have heard, I have heard that you kind of like... I heard that you're the type of person that kind of likes to push the envelope a lot. And I was I, like, I was curious about like what that means. I, I like to experiment with different looks and how the how to gauge the audience and seeing what their shock value is without having to go like completely over the line. So I'm, I'm getting this Middle Eastern gimmick going. I decide that I'm going to make this bomb vest. Like I'm just going to get like... <laughs> I'm just going to get, like, a vest. I'm going to get an old cell phone. I'm going to hook the old cell phone up with these, like, wires attached to it. Took these toilet paper rolls, wrapped them up, you know, in, like, electrical tape. I had the wires going down into them. There's nothing in the toilet paper rolls. But I, I glue all this onto this vest. So I just start, I just start coming out with it. One, I, I knew it was getting bad when up here in Pennsylvania, the Athletic Commission actually had to exa- actually had to examine the vest to make sure it was you know it was a fake vest because this thing looked legit especially if I turned the phone on on it it was <laughs> anyway to make the matter <laughs> to make the matter worse over time this guy decides that he's going to send photos of my character dressed like that coming out of my entrance to the FBI the FBI does not even hesitate to investigate the situation. They just, I'm at work one day at my shoot job. I don't know even where they came from, but I'm taking stuff to the back of the building, and there's 30 of them on me. There's like 17 FBI agents, like local police stations. They walk up to me, and they're like, is your name Israel Sharif Accor? I was, it, and I've never heard people at that time pronounce my name correctly because they always mess it up. When he said it correctly, I was like, oh, I'm probably in trouble. <laughs> so he, he pulled me out to the back. They pulled me out to the back of the building and they got like cops already in my car with search warrants the whole night. They have my wife at the time detained at her job and they have my house surrounded with two bomb squads in the sheriff's department. So they go through all my stuff. They go take me back to my house in the back of the cop car. I'm not even arrested at this point. They just have to keep eyes on me because this was that during that, you know, see something, say something. So they're just all over you. <laughs> Patriot Act rules the whole nine. Get to my house. The bomb squads are going through the whole house. Sheriff, the FBI, the cop, everybody. They found some guns I shouldn't have had because I didn't, you know, I wasn't allowed to have guns at the time. So... They got me on possession of firearms. I end up doing three years. They let me off any type of terrorism charge because they firmly came in there believing that I was a terrorist because the dude told me I was affiliated with a terrorist organization on top of the fact he's pictures. So they found the guns. They got me. I do three years. 
I get out after three years and then I decide whether or not I want to get back into professional wrestling. It took a couple months, but I was persuaded back in and been rolling the ball since then with trying not to, you know, create too many waves. <laughs> That's okay. One, it's, it's funny that somebody took your character like so literal that they're like, Hey, uh, like we need to turn this over. It is fucked up. They found you on some crazy ass charges. But see, like, I had heard that, like, as soon as you came out and got persuaded to get back into this, you're like, uh, I'm running with this fucking character still. Like, there's no visa for me to go anywhere else with this. Right. I mean, <sighs> it was difficult at first because I have, you know, in real life, I got kids and shit. You know what I mean? So I have to process now, like, who's accessible to me through my social media. And that's why I don't post anything outside of my personal life on my social media. I just really do it's all wrestling. It's all day, every day. Because I never know who's on the other side of that screen just plotting on me. Just the same way as we come out as performers, we don't know if we've antagonized somebody so much, you know, that old school 70s, 80s stuff where a guy from the crowd or a woman from the crowd could just attack you. You know what I mean? And let's be honest, in indie wrestling, the security is kind of lax. Like, we're probably better <laughs> off defending ourselves than we are having some of these security, you know, trying to help us out. So I worry about those things constantly. It's always on my mind and people think I'm crazy, but then I can go back to that story and be like, I did three years because somebody was too eager online and decided to mess with somebody's personal life. Yeah, that is a bit, it's like, it's, it's so insane. Cause like me, like I'm former military and to think like, if someone like was so anti-military that they're like, well, this guy right here wears all red and he's just like, just listing off a bunch of random mouth shit about me and then just calling the cops. And then like, next thing you know, I like, get investigated because they're like, he's a mercenary. Like, you know, well, wait a minute. <laughs> Let's talk about yeah. this for a second. There, I, or, it's crazy to think. Or just jumping over the guardrail at you. You know what I mean? What's stopping somebody from actually really doing that? People are crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like if you, not to like, not to demean people, right? But if you take it to the lowest common denominator, like it's not, it's, we're not very intelligent. Like we can be persuaded like super easily with just anything, anything in this world is, it's insane to think about. Yeah. The funny thing is though, after I do get out and I get persuaded back in, it was actually Shane Malice that convinced me to come back and wrestle again. And, uh, I was like, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. I'll do it, dude. Like, I ain't got nothing going on. I'm going through a divorce. Like, you know, I got to find a new place to live. So I'm on that, separating and all this stuff. And I had to occupy my time. So he, he was like, come down to Martinsburg, West Virginia, World Domination Wrestling Alliance. I'll introduce you to this guy named LT. Da, 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 da. So we're, we're good. First match is like April, four years ago in 2019. First guy I'm up against is Nick Sick and Taylor. I knew <laughs> I knew nothing about Sicken at this point. I heard from Malice, he's a good dude. You know, he just likes to do whatever. And I'm just like, oh, I can work with somebody like that because I'm all about just doing whatever. And uh, you go in there, he's a cool dude, man. I, I appreciated the fact that he does promos because you, it's hard-pressed to find a lot of guys that will go into a promo battle with you. You know what I mean? Especially on the indie scene. They're more worried about, you know, their next show, their next date, or doing promos for the bigger show that they care more about. So me and him got into a promo battle and I finally got to meet him live. And we went out there and we had a really good match until I knocked myself out. 
So, because <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you know this or not, but after like three years away from wrestling or a long period of time, it's so easy to knock yourself out just by you know taking a simple high neck, shoulder, head, your head snap back because you forget to tuck your chin, tight bump. And I went to do this run off the second rope, hit my upper shoulders, neck all snapped back onto the mat and uh, knocked myself out. I didn't even know I was knocked out until I looked over at Sicken and he was in, already in position and my legs just gave out, just didn't work at all. I was like, oh my God, I just, something's wrong. And uh, so he ends up working me a little bit and my legs started coming back and I'm getting back into the match and stuff and we finished it off. But he was cool throughout the whole process. Man. Like, yeah, he's a, uh... He so I met Sicken in 2020, um, and the funny thing was is like behind the scenes, like I was actually in. I met I someone sent me like his information was like, hey, we talk to this dude on Facebook if you're trying to like do anything. So I met him in 2020, and then he took me under his wing. And was like, yeah, I'll train you and stuff like that. And we just started working. And for like the last four years now, almost four years, like it's just been like me just kind of riding around with Sicken, getting to know like everybody and be able to work with them and stuff like that. And it's, it's cool because like a lot of people like it, it kind of also, you know, there's some people out there that, you know, they're always just going to be one way about somebody. And, uh, but when I get to talk with him and some other people, like that's always like the number one thing people like always have to say is like, yo man, he's like mad chill. Like he's just fun to work with. Like he's just super like, you know, flexible and like what he's able to do. And like, he'll just, he'll, you know, he's like a solid base or he's like a fun worker or he's got great character stuff or he's got this, he's got that. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I know about my trainer. <laughs> he's a cool dude, man. I have nothing but love for him. And he was like the greatest thing that could have happened to me in my situation at that point in time. It's funny because, like, he was one of those guys that, like, instilled in me, like, right away, like, good character work. So when I hear about you and about your character work and stuff like that, it's it's so crazy to think that you brought something so real to, like, to the wrestling scene as somebody actually, like, took it, like, way too far. And so when you look back, what were kind of, like, well, I have, like, two questions I want to ask. One, was that the worst bump you've taken? And then two... Like, what are some of the characteristics that you think can help make, like, a solid character? So the first question was, was that was the worst bump I ever took? Yeah. No, that was... <laughs> I took a choke slam off the apron one time to a straight wooden floor on a gym floor. So that was probably the worst wow. bump I've ever taken. Yeah, it was, it was brutal for real. Um, I almost... I, I felt like I cracked one of my ribs because, like, immediately it felt like one of them just turned to powder. But it was mm. brutal. As far as character work goes, um, with me, I played obviously the heel for most of what I do, you know, in my career. Now in World Domination Wrestling Alliance, I've been a face for, like, the last year. So it's been difficult for me at first to transition on that psychology aspect of, you go from whooping everybody's ass and letting him come back on you and then, you know, get a hot take at home to where you, now you're getting your ass whooped and you got to get sympathy from the crowd and you got to get, you know, that build to go, you know, fight back and all this. And you also want to make the heel look good. Granted, you're in there with a heel that can work slowly and you can, or you can calm him down. So um, the best thing that happened for me in this transition of going from heel to face was Tony Atlas when I tagged up with him 
he taught me so much in the back about psychology as a faith that it all just clicked immediately. You know, when you work as a heel for so long, you know what the faith should be doing. All you have to really do is apply it. And the way you apply it is like everything's like a lottery ticket. You don't want to give them the winner right from the bat. You just want to give them a little taste. Let them win like five bucks. Let them win another free ticket. Let them lose a couple times. Let them get like a $20 winner. You know what I mean? And keep building it and pulling back. Building it and pulling back. So don't give them everything that you got. Everything that I used to do as a heel, I don't do as a face. I play situational, sort of like in the psychology of wrestling, depending on who my opponent is. So a lot of my programs are based off the promos that I'll do on you. And I'll go psychology based off that. Especially if you're not going to do a promo back, then I got you immediately. Because then this is the psychology how we're going to set up the match. I don't like to chain wrestle, really. I will chain wrestle, but I don't like to do it because it's not my style of character for me. Like, I'm more of a ground and pound mauler and hit you quick strike type ability. But um, if I go in there and we chain for a little bit, that's probably the last you're ever going to see of us ever chain wrestling because it's the first match that we have in this feud or whatnot. Everything else is going to start, we're going to be real creative and go based off of psychology. So everything that I do in the ring now is based on who my opponent is, and I just guide it from there. And if they're moving too fast or something, I'll slow it down, and I'll just work the crowd to get the sympathy. While you just work me, I'll sell my ass off for you. You know what I mean? I'll make you look like you're 10 feet tall and bulletproof. And you know what I mean? And I'm just out there just getting killed. And that's one of my, that's my lane is getting taken shit and getting beat up for real. I can play a really good heel and I can antagonize the crowd, obviously. But the way that I've been getting sympathy in World Domination Wrestling Alliance has helped me so much using what Tony Atlas taught me about the lottery ticket. I don't give them everything. Like I'll do like three moves in the match as a face and just let you just keep working me and I'll just try to come back. You cut me off every time. I'll miss moves just so you look, you know what I mean? Like you're smarter than me or something. And I know a lot of guys' egos don't allow them to want to make the other guy look smarter than him. But when you're weak, you're not thinking. So you, you got to like diminish the thought process a little bit as you're getting beat up as a face. And it's worked perfectly for me. It's one of those things where like, See, it's funny because I, I love the fact that you mentioned that you got kind of your lessons learned from Tony Atlas. For me, uh, the biggest piece of advice that I got for just like even anything that's going on in wrestling, uh, I got mine from TJP. And, you know, TJ said to me, he was like, uh, you know, he's like, when you're when you're debating, he's like, there's two jobs in wrestling, right? There's the heel and there's the face, right? And as far as the face goes, your job is just to connect with the crowd any way that you can genuinely just connect with the crowd. He's like, and, and you, that's what you want to give to people. But as a heel, you want to take all that stuff away from people. So you just kind of like, you're just beating up the face, right? And when I heard those two things brought together, I was like, yo, that makes a lot of sense. And then I forget who told me the one thing that they said was like, um, if you look at the side of like your faces and your heels, like your your face is the people's champion, like the rock, right? But your heel has to be the person that's like talking shit to the crowd. Like they have to get the crowd stirred up so that they know that you are fighting for them against the heel, right? So it's always the heel versus the, the crowd. It's the baby face versus the heel. And I was like, that's when I heard that and I broke it down, I was like, that's so weird of math to, to math to math and make it make sense. 
<laughs> it's like once they started like understanding that concept, I was like, bro, I, I don't as a as a as a baby face, which is something I like to play. I love going out there and getting sympathy, but then like I also can sell, and I was like, I don't have to do really much. I just take a lot of ass whoopings, right? Like throw some shots back, like get a you know get a couple shots in, get the crowd behind me, just get beat down, and just get yeah. cut off left right. And I I think that works because every time like I start to like when you start to make the comeback. The crowd's getting behind you like, oh, my God, he's going to do it. Boom. Oh, well, if we start cheering him on, maybe he'll fire back up and he'll he'll, he'll hit a big move. Oh, no, it doesn't happen. And I think it's I think it's so much fun to just like watch the crowd just like go up and down on anything. So I'm always like I love playing on the on the on the face side. I've worked at a couple promotions where I worked as a heel and like. I now know, like, because of all the baby work, baby face work I've been able to do, like, when I transitioned to doing heel stuff, like, I just know, like, I'm just going to be out there and be the biggest douchebag that I can be. And <laughs> so, like, I had a match recently where, like, I just beat the piss out of this kid. And I just looked at the crowd. I was like, this is your champion? This is who you want to beat me? I was like, get out of here. This kid is not, he's got fire trunks on. You could get this at E Lucha and just push them along the way. <laughs> he's just running him down. He called out his gear maker and everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this one kid, I just remember this one kid looking at me. He's like, he's going to beat you. I was like, you're adopted, bro. <laughs> you don't even look like your dad. I was like, get out of here. It was just, we were, I was just being as ruthless as I could. And I was like, it's so much fun to just be that guy. It is, it is. And it's such an elementary concept, but it's almost impossible to master, man. It's, it's such an enigma. Mm-hmm. I love everything there is about rest. I think it's the greatest soap opera on earth. I think it's the greatest sporting event on earth. Like, I think to be able, to go into a match, whether or not you're working it with, you know, just just called on the fly or you've worked it out in the bag, however you went about it, still to be able to take what you take in there and want to pull off the performance that you have in your mind perfectly for a five-star, even a four-and-three-quarter or a four-and-a-half-star match in your mind or in the crowd's mind on this level, there's nothing greater than that. No. No, and I think I think when you when you feel like everything finally clicked together in a match and like you see everything pieced together, like whether you're like the baby face, you're getting like all the sympathy and the crowd's getting really behind you and stuff like that, even after the match, and even if you've lost, right? To have the crowd like slow clap you back up and like cheer you and stuff, that's how you know like you like did a, a badass performance. And I feel like like me when I get to go, get those kind of performances, like that that makes everything better i had some kid like chew me out at a a promotion because they're like you're supposed to win red dog i don't ever see you lose i was like "Uh, i'm sorry bro it just wasn't my day today i guess (laughs) yeah it's hard when you have to deal with that with like the crowd afterwards and they're just like yo you should have won or you you know what i mean or you should have lost because of this that and the third is just like you really just want to be like, you know, dude, like, calm down. You know, it's just wrestling. But in the reality, you got to play the character, you know what I mean? And you got to, you know, make them go home happy either way. So, You want a free picture? Like, here, just right. 
Take a picture of me with your camera phone. <laughs> like, as, a, as a heel, I won't even acknowledge the crowd whatsoever after or before a show. Like, I just stay in the back the whole time. When you see me is when you see me. But now as a face, I have to, you know, interact a little bit more with the fans and all that, which is cool because you spend your money that you worked hard for to come see us do what we do. It's the least that we can do, you know what I mean, as good guys. But as a bad guy, I won't even. It's funny because you're the second person on back-to-back days that I've heard that, right? And uh, I was recently on Twitter in some spaces, right? And I heard that, like, somebody uh, had mentioned it. Uh, again, big shout-out, Brad Halster, right? The Big uh, big Bacon up out of Massachusetts. Uh, he was talking about the wrestling open and how the crowd, like, genuinely hates this man, like they <laughs> you come out, stops at the curtain, just gives him a certain look, and the crowd just instantly boos him. But they never see him before or during or after the show. They just see him whenever he comes out for that like eight to ten or ten to twenty or twenty to uh, forty-five minutes, right? Whatever the whatever the match calls for, that's the only time they get to see him. And then from there, he just leaves out the back door. Like he doesn't see nobody, he doesn't talk to nobody, nothing, he just leaves. And I was like, that's, it's interesting to hear people say that because I'm like, that's such good heel work, though. Yeah, it's effective also because it's everything that they've wanted to say to you when they, because they're so used to seeing guys walking around the facility or the building, wherever it is your venue's working, and they can say what they want to those guys. Even some heels will go out there and they'll say what they want, but there's always that one guy you've always wanted to say what you really felt to. But you know you only have an eight-minute window to do it because if not, it's going to be, like, gone. So they really get into it at that point. And I've learned that. That was, like, the biggest thing I ever learned as a heel. Don't interact with the crowd. And my partner, like, when me – another story about Sicken. Um, when we were defending the tag belts against Riot City at the time, I had the tag partner, Mustafa Aziz, who taught me a lot about being a heel Middle Eastern foreign character. And he's like, when you're a heel, just go straight to the ring. Don't walk around the ring. Don't try to, you know, go anywhere other than straight to the ring because they hate you so much and they want to get close to you for a reason. And not just to put their hands on you because that never happens, but they just want to be in your face yelling stuff. And when they have to do it from a distance, it makes them even more angry. So it's like, it's so effective if they don't see you as a heel and you just walk straight to the ring and don't even pay attention to it. And it makes them so much more angry. I feel like that's something like I may have to do on a certain day. I might just have to just, just not even say anything, just walk straight to the ring. Like I know, cause I know a lot of other people are going to want to boo me. I'm just going to keep walking. <laughs> just, just straight ghost them. Just, go, just straight ghost them. They get so mad about that. <laughs> <laughs> or just like stop and act like I'm going to say something and just keep walking. Like, keep just, walking. <laughs> just no, nah, I'm not going to deal with you. <laughs> that would be, that would be so much. I just love watching people go out their mind. Like I had one lady, uh, she was like booing me. And I was like, I don't know why you don't like me. I was, she's like, cause you're a cheater. I was like, you have the same color hair that I have clothes. Like, I don't understand. Like, yeah, I would think you would sympathize with someone like me. Like, we're Team Red. And she's just like, I don't like you. I was like, well, now I don't like you either. I was like, go find your husband. He's probably off with somebody else. And just keep pushing. Mm. <laughs> I'm just like, yo, I'm not, here to, I'm not here for you. I had somebody, yo, this was 
I, this was like one of my favorite interactions as a as a heel. Right, I was at a I was at EWA, and uh, this lady was just in my grill because she was so mad. First, like I'll, I'll send you the clip of me like just how this all plays out, right? But I run and I slide under the barricades, right? And somehow I I slip. I don't even touch the barricade. I slide underneath. I pop up. I hand my friend the brass knucks. Cliffs, dude gets the win, right? Wins the belt. And this lady yells at me, you guys are cheaters. I was like, I don't know who you're talking to right now. Your husband is talking to somebody else on his phone right now. And she looks, he had his phone in his hand. He could have been doing anything. My man could have been playing Mahjong for all I know. I have no idea. He looks down, he looks at her, she looks at him. And I was like, what are you going to do? And she, <laughs> she's like, I'm playing a game. I was like, it's called your heart. And I walked off. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. I, I feel that though. I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not even popping back out. I'm not acknowledging nobody. I'm just going straight back. And I guess like she had some choice words to say to like some other people about me, <laughs> but I was like, Hey, not my fault. <laughs> Once you got her. Once you got her, you got her for life now. She's yeah. always been yo so let me ask you a, a question right you've been around you've kind of like hung out with a lot of different uh a lot of different locker rooms so i just want one do and one don't of the locker room one do um pick up after yourself man um that's like the biggest thing stuff just being laid around for i mean i know that they have trainees that take care of a lot of stuff in wrestling especially back in the locker rooms and stuff, but that's not their job, dude. You brought the stuff, you you left it out, pick it up, dude. As far as don't, um, well, I, biggest thing, man, wash your gear. <laughs> wash your gear, too. That's a big thing for me. Um, that's really it. Don't try to interrupt somebody when they're going through things. Like, I'll see a lot of that backstage. And you'll be in the middle of something, or you'll see somebody in the middle of something, and somebody will just come out like an announcer or somebody that's just doing random stuff in the back, and we'll just have a conversation about random stuff with somebody while you're, you know, working through something. Yeah, I'll share a story with you uh, when we're offline because you guys don't get all that fun information, so you guys have to, you know, figure out yourself. But I'll share, I'll share a story with you. You'll, uh, you'll find pretty funny. Uh, all right, so listen, man, like, those are all kind of, like, my bigger, kind of, like, heavy-hitting kind of questions. But we do got to get into the best segment of the Three Count Podcast, and that is the Three Count Podcast, Ten Count Questions. And, Mr. Israel, this is how it works. I'm going to fire off ten questions at you rapid fast. Whatever your answer is, that is your answer. Okay. So we're going to put on the imaginary timer for ad pressure. Bing! And in the words of Mike Goldberg, here we Go. SmackDown or Raw? Raw. Favorite movie? Uh, Fight Club. Marvel or DC? Marvel. Favorite cartoon? Ooh, uh, DuckTales. Let's go. Batman <laughs> or Superman? <laughs> Batman. Uh, favorite home-cooked meal? Uh, favorite home cooked meal would be a real pot pie, not none of this like ham and stuff put together. Like I like it in a pie. 
<laughs> oh, that's that's great. Apple or Android? Android. Favorite podcast? Three count podcast. That's right. You know it <laughs> right there. It's not like we market this thing everywhere. Uh, nominate one person that you want to see on this podcast. I would like to see Zakar Shaw or Clay Jacobs on this podcast. Hell yeah. And then last but not least, my favorite question to ask every single person who comes on this show. Favorite curse word? But It's got to be. It's like yeah, the best word ever. <laughs> I continually say that. I'm like, oh, it's the best word ever. And if you guys haven't seen it, go check it out. The history of the F word on YouTube it is one of my favorites of like two minutes and 39 seconds. Well worth life. Well worth a watch and to replay in life because then you guys will remember more words that you can say openly. You can literally fit it in anywhere. Yes. <laughs> But yo, ISP, let our listeners and our viewers know where they can find you. I'm on Instagram, Israel.SharifaCore. I'm on Facebook under Israel Sharifacore. And then I put my YouTube channel. I usually don't promote it. I just leave it out there for like other workers if they want to reference what it is that I do out there. It's uh Israel Sharifacore at YouTube. So check it out. Well, there you go. He gave you his handles. He told you where you can find him on YouTube. And you know what that means. Like every great part of a wrestling match, we got to take this home. Because this is the Three Count Podcast. This is now entering, and I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller, the man that leads you up the mountain of wrestling. And like every good sharper, which I like to think I am, it's never about me. It's about who's entering. So who's entering right there? Who's entering the ring? You see him right there. ISP, Israel Shafir Prakur. He is the man, the myth, the legend. You guys know and You guys, tune in. I messed that up, didn't I? You slaughtered that, dude. <laughs> this is what I do. This is what I do. This is why I was just choosing to go with the initials, because now you guys know that how easy it is to fuck up these names, all right? It is, it is a tough business out there, all right? It is really tough. Exactly why and I knew I was going to jail when the FBI said it perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> But you guys know what that means. You guys are tuning into the next episode and being there, or you're legitimately just following us on all of our social media platforms. You're even subscribed to our YouTube channel. You're following us on Spotify. You're leaving us five star fraud slash reviews on Apple Podcasts. You're even following us on Apple Music and checking us out there. You're buying all of our merch on ProWrestlingTees.com or even on ForYourWear.com. If we're up there now, still, Chaz, you got to get that done. Doing all that stuff. Tell your friends about everything that we're doing. Sharing this with your friends and your enemies as well as your family. And you're doing all that stuff or you're just really just kind of waiting for this episode. And you're waiting for that outro. And then you're choosing another episode to listen to. Kawaii. What's going on, Three Count Nation? I'm Clifford Red Talk Miller with the catchphrase. But what I really want to do right now, go to Twitter.com, right? Go over there, find us at the three count underscore pod, give us a follow, give us a like, give us a comment. We want to talk to you guys. Go to IG at the three count pod, give us a like, give us a follow, leave us a comment. We want to interact with you. Go to YouTube.com, give subscribe, turn the bell on, turn on notifications, leave a comment. We want to talk to you. Go to anger.fm forward slash the three count podcast. And in there, you can leave us a message and we will talk to you. Basically, what I'm trying to tell you is that we want to talk to you. We want to have fun with you guys and we love listening to what you guys have to say. Also, one thing I need you to do for me, the three count podcast, 
also has merchandise. Oh! At prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the three count pod. Please go buy our t-shirts. We love you guys and we hope you love us too. So show us some support, please. <laughs>